When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Warnings are for coffee and contemplation. Coffee and contemplation. Drink the coffee, it'll make you feel better. Sir, do you realize that you're not drinking regular coffee, but Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals? What? Picks you up, calms you down, it's the lifeblood that drives the dreams of champions. Now he's been down in the basement drinking coffee for about the last four hours, and he should be all ready to go. I'll, I'll call him up. Welcome to College Football Monday. I am your host, Pete B., and this is a live show on the Sons of Saturday channel. This is episode three of College Football Monday, and I am very happy if you are here hanging with me today. We're going to go over all the action that happened this weekend. It was a loaded slate of college football, and it was fun to watch some of it. VT, maybe not so fun, but I did want to first recognize that it is 9-11 today. And let's just take a moment to honor those who lost their lives that day with a brief moment of silence. In this episode, I'm going to recap all the action from week two, including the huge win by the Longhorns in Tuscaloosa. Unfortunately, the Hokies couldn't beat the Boilermakers, but I'm going to wait to talk about that game with this week's guest. In fact, I'm going to wait to talk about both of those games with this week's guest, and we're going to get to some other stuff first. After we go through this past Saturday's games, my guest and I are going to give you our conference title game picks. So the two teams we think from each power five conference that are going to be in the championship game. And then we'll also give our projected winners. I think that should be interesting. And it was a kind of a difficult exercise and required a lot of schedule checking. Uh, if you have any questions, hop in the chat. Make sure to like the video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, Sons of Saturday YouTube channel. I'm going to start with the Mel Tucker news. Before we get to any games, this is this is a weird, messy story, but he has been suspended without pay by Michigan State. Brett McMurphy essentially reported that he's fired. He, it's suspended without pay, but this is all but a formality. He has coached his last game for the Spartans, according to Brett McMurphy and many other sources. The details are a mess, and USA Today had a long article on this. I recommend you check it out. But essentially, Mel Tucker engaged in a relationship with a sexual abuse prevention advocate who had come to Michigan State to speak to the team on several occasions, and they had kind of, despite him being married, had engaged in this relationship. Uh, and then he admits to that, and he admits to phone calls and and what. And I'm not going to go into the to all the details, but. Essentially, this woman was sexually harassed by Tucker. That is that is what's going on. And uh, keep in mind, this is the school that's the home of Larry Nasser and that scandal. And so to have your coach basically being accused of sexual harassment of a sexual abuse prevention advocate, it doesn't really matter whether they lose or win the legal battle of how much they're going to pay him of his $80 million that's still due to him. They can't have this at Michigan state. This is the biggest no, no that he could have done. And so Mel Tucker done at Michigan state and on the field, Michigan state hosts Washington this upcoming weekend. That could get ugly. This is a huge distraction for that team. 
that uh, it's that's a bad situation. And Washington is super good, and so that's all I'm going to say about the Mel Tucker situation. He has been suspended without pay, and Michigan State is probably going to be worse for it. Week two, Colorado won again. Maybe not quite as impressive as the win over TCU, but they did take it to Nebraska. And although it it was close for a bit there, and Jeff Sims had a long run to uh, to kind of make it interesting, it wasn't interesting when it all came down to it. The only reason it was interesting is because Shadur Sanders was awesome. Weaver was ridiculous for Colorado. They have four or five skill players that are just amazing for Colorado. 10 receptions, 170, and a TD for Weaver. Shador, spectacular. I already talked about Sims' long touchdown, but that guy just, he cannot throw. He is a running back. When he was in the portal and they were talking about teams that might go after him, Tech came up, and some of our fans were very interested in perhaps going after Jeff Sims before we got Kyron Drones. And I'm very glad we didn't. Not that we know anything about Kyron Drones, and that's going to be something I address later. Uh, Sims just he that's it's going to be a tough year for Nebraska and Colorado doubles their win total from a year ago after just two weeks an amazing story they got Colorado State this weekend that's probably another win though it is a rivalry who knows what could happen but it's probably another win and then they'll start to get into that Pac-12 play and we'll see what happens there Texas A&M at Miami that was a really fun game Lots of points. Miami won 48 to 33. Van Dyke threw five touchdowns. And we didn't really know if Van Dyke was going to be able to get back to that, those first flashes that we saw. Well, we saw it in this game, a 230 passer rating in the game, a 95 QBR. If you're rounding up fourth on the week in college football, just absurd. Miami wasn't running. Neither team was running really, but it didn't matter for the Canes. They, they had a slim lead going into the fourth. And then they just blew it open. AM really dominated in first downs, which made it all the more weird. Wegman threw 53 times. That's that's Petrino for you. Wegman's Wegman's gonna throw the ball around, but they couldn't capitalize. Really big win for Miami. Not that it was a conference win, but I think it thrust them into the conversation for the ACC title game. I, I do believe that. And that's just something I'm gonna talk about later with my guest. And you know what? Before I get into some of this other stuff. I'm just going to add him to the stream because he's he's ready for me. What's up, buddy? We got uh we got Robbie on the podcast. You might know him from the <laughs> Deep Show. It How's is good to see you, man. Good morning. Good morning. Happy uh, Happy Monday. Um, <laughs> bright and early, but I'm loving it. Uh, I'm I was up at like five, so I've already gotten three hours of work done this morning. So. We don't really record in the morning ever. No. <laughs> and so it's fun to see the light coming in behind the blinds. It's it's normally dark in there and right. it's good to have you. And I'm going to go through some of the other game notes before we get to the Virginia Tech game, before we get to the Texas-Alabama game. But Ole Miss, they pulled away from Tulane in the fourth quarter, went on to win 37-20. to Jackson Dart was solid. Tulane's QB really wasn't good at all. And despite out first downing Ole Miss, they Tulane never looked like the better team. It looked like they were trying to catch up the whole time. The scoop and score by Mississippi made it look worse than it was because it was a competitive game, but Ole Miss was in control. And the interesting thing for Ole Miss, even though this is a big win, not a conference win, and you look at their schedule, 
according to the FBI, it is the toughest schedule remaining in the country. Let me just tell you what they got coming up. Georgia, Georgia Tech, they should win that one. At Bama, LSU, Arkansas, at Auburn, AM, at Georgia. <laughs> so they got to go to Tuscaloosa, to Athens. So Lane, good start to the season for Lane Kiffin and, and Ole Miss, but it, it could get rough. For Tulane, I think they can still be the best G5 team, but SMU and Memphis, two other teams in their conference, are going to have something to say. I know I asked you to pick the P5 championship games. Who do you think it might be in the American right off the top here? So Tulane was also out of without their starting quarterback. So I don't yeah, know if yeah. he, when he's getting him back. Uh, so that that didn't help anything. Yeah. Um, G five. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to plead ignorance on that. I I bear, I got enough time to watch basically the Power Five. So I don't know if I'm necessarily ready. Well, to yeah, G5. I was just curious if you thought future ACC member SMU, SMU? could pop in there. They didn't look awesome against. Oklahoma, like they they kept it close, almost covered, yeah, uh, but they didn't. And then Memphis is two and zero, but I just don't, I don't know. The Americans, like it's with all the poaching that went on for the Big Twelve, it's not a very good conference. So I, I do think Tulane is still the favorite, yeah. but those two teams are, are going to be right there, and I'm curious to see who ends up in that championship game. Boise, I think the other G five that could have some Boise. Uh, I would have said UCF because they just played, but they're not in a G5 anymore. Nope. Mountain West always has some good teams. So I, two, it's still two lanes race for me and to get to that. Uh, not JMU. That, <laughs> JMU, listen, now they've taken down Tech 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and 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 UVA as of, as of yesterday by one point. UVA actually, and this is a good because we'll, we'll get to this now. They were starting that freshman quarterback and – that tiny kid played really well. He, he he had 377 yards and they almost won the game despite being dogs at home. Yeah, that was a um that was a really fantastic game actually. Uh a shootout. So and he played very well. UVA is the only team in the ACC sitting at 0 and 2 after 2 weeks. They go to Maryland next. That's that's not good. Then NC State and then you get the Boston College game, UVA at BC in Chestnut Hill. Now, I will say this. If this freshman continues to play well, I think that's going to be an easy UVA win. And easy, that's tough to say, but BC looks terrible. They struggled with Holy Cross. They already lost to NIU. And so this gives UVA a little bit of hope. That quarterback, I think it gives them a little bit of hope. And I don't know, were you watching the end of the game where JMU went for two to make it a three-point game? Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that part, which is <laughs> crazy. Uh, like it, UVA almost did a pick two. <laughs> yes, it could have been. <laughs> that nearly nearly backfired. Um, it nearly backfired for JMU. The, the rare pick two. That was, that those don't happen very often. And then UVA almost threw the bomb, too, that almost won it at the end as well. Uh, all right, some other notes from around the country before we get back into ACC. Texas Tech. Gave Oregon all they could handle. Ducks got a late cover on a defensive touchdown, much to my chagrin. Washington State defended the home turf against Wisconsin. Cam Ward played pretty well. Three turnovers for Whiskey loomed large. Notre Dame beat NC State. Did you get any eyes on that game while you were waiting for our game to, to play? I think you picked NC NC State, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm not I sure think I did, I'm, yeah. On our yeah. show, I picked NC State to cover seven and a half. 
yeah. So, um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with with Notre Dame just yet. I need so I need some more data points. Yeah, and Wolfpack they had chances and they squandered a golden opportunity after a sack fumble on Hartman. They came away with no points, uh, even though they were inside the thirty or something like that. And but I will say the NC State defense defense looked ferocious at times. They were they were getting after it and. That scares me a bit for November 18th when we got to go up against NC State. <laughs> Oklahoma took care of SMU. We kind of talked a little bit about that. Nothing wild. Gabriel had a nice day, four touchdowns, but that's kind of that's kind of what he does against lesser competition. The weather played a factor in so many of the ACC games. Talked about NC State. They had a delay. Uh, our game clearly was on a big delay. BC was on a delay. UVA was on a delay. No game's delay was longer than ours, <laughs> which was like five and a half, six hours. Right. Uh, UNC and App State, man, they got after it the, yep. the other day. And I I liked App State. I, I can't remember what I – when it came down to the picks, I did – it kept increasing all week long. It was it got up to 19 and a half UNC favored over App State, which is just stupid in that yeah. rivalry. Exactly. Um, the way those two teams so, and, and the way App State plays everybody, especially Power Five teams, they they love those games. They do, and they it went to triple overtime, and App State damn near won. Wake beat Vandy. I, I said the BC squeaked by Holy Cross. Cincy took it to Pitt, and Jerkovic looked terrible. He also doesn't want you to boo him. I don't <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but yeah. he was like. <laughs> If you're a grown man in the stands booing, I, you know, you got to look at your life. You're pathetic. And it's like people have been doing booing for a hundred years, man. Like what, what? Like you didn't play well. What do you what do you want? I, I wouldn't use the word pathetic uh, in a phrase you know, in, in talking about a game. And then, you know, everybody's like, well, your performance, on the other hand, what do you call that? <laughs> right. All the other ACC teams held serve against some weaker competition. Uh, and we will get to VT Purdue. Shortly, notable USC all over Stanford. I mean, that <laughs> I had taken yeah. Stanford plus 29 and a half. That was shot to you know what in 30 minutes or less. It first, was that first half that was that was already covered. Yeah, Williams had 300 yards at the half and three touchdowns, just lethal. ODU beat Louisiana, and I did want to say that that Grant Wilson kid looked really good, dude. He had five touchdowns and then like a 90 QBR in that game. Yeah, I, I think that, um. It puts uh, our defense in a little bit of context, uh, but the offense, not so not so much. Uh, yeah. But we'll get to that. And then if you look at the top QBRs in the country through two weeks, second best QBR in the country, DJU at Oregon State. And with how Clemson looked in that first half against Charleston Southern and Cade Klubnick throwing up an a neg- a under sub 50 QBR, I think that uh, that speaks volumes about the Clemson offense and what that system's all about. Yeah, a little bit of seller's remorse there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is, um, that's tough. Clemson looks terrible. Just it, it got awful. And, they, did, and, they did for the first half. You know what's crazy? They had a 50 point spread, 50 and a half point spread. They missed it by a, a point and a half or something. Like they, they, they almost covered the spread. <laughs> yes. Even though the first half was a nightmare. That was out that was out of necessity because people were I, there was a real fear that coming out of that game people were were really really going to be worried about what the heck was going on in Clemson so they had to do something in the second half but the first half they looked they looked terrible they looked terrible in their first game 
my last note before we get to Texas and Alabama was Cal really hung with Auburn. I know we don't, we don't normally go to the West coast too much. I mean, me and Robbie talk ball, but they are a future ACC member. I kind of, you know, I've been hinting at the fact that when Cal Stanford and SMU come into the ACC, well, it's not going to be so bad for VT on the field because those teams aren't great. And that typically is true, but Cal is number 33 in the FPI right now. And they, they made a few mistakes. They could have beat Auburn. They really could have beat Auburn on their home turf, uh, on Cal's home turf. They were at home. Spavadol as the OC for Cal has made a difference, like big time. I think they he he was the one that I think Texas State had as their head coach, and then yes. he he couldn't cut it. But he was a really good OC before that. Mm-hmm. With uh, was it Holgo Holgo and him at yeah, WVU? He with, yeah, he was at WVU. All right, so we're going to talk about the showdown in Tuscaloosa. And but I want I just want to tell you about Compass Coffee real quick. With 16 locations in DC and Northern VA, Compass is quickly becoming the go-to cup of Joe in our nation's capital. Robbie, I'm sure you you pop into a Compass Coffee every now and again. I do. Uh, to to Marine started Compass because they wanted to make a cup of coffee that points you in the right direction every day, kind of like a Compass. Right now, they're offering our listeners 20% off their first order using code Two Deep VT. That's Two Deep VT, all caps, all one word. So go to their site, download the Compass app, and load up your cart. Because even if you don't live in the D.C. area, they will ship coffee right to your door, and you're going to get 20% off, so load it up. Compass Coffee, great coffee, doesn't have to be complicated. Texas and Alabama. This was the big one of the weekend. A lot of focus, a lot of playoff hopes on this game. Texas, 34, Alabama, 24. And even though Bama took a lead at the end of the third, lasted about one minute. I thought Texas just looked like the better team the whole way through. So I have two thoughts here. One, yes, Texas looked like the better team. It's overblown that Texas blew out Alabama. I do not think that that was the case. In watching this game and then re-watching this game, because I went back and did the 16-minute rewatch, which is awesome, where they just condense, condense it down to like all the meaningful plays. Uh, there were about three times in this game where Alabama nearly got its footing stabilized and it looked like they could have taken over the game at least three times. This was not a blowout by any stretch at the, at the end it got um, there were some mistakes. Uh, the quarterback had two turnovers, but um, Texas absolutely looked like the better team, but it was, it was not a blowout. So I agree with your point, but I just wanted to, there was a lot of that commentary floating out there that I don't necessarily agree with. No, that's a really good take. And, Bama couldn't get in the backfield, and that was a big problem for them. Just two tackles for loss. Quinn Ewers played really well. How is it? Is it Ewers or is it Ewers? Like I can never I quite get Ewers. it. Quinn Ewers. Ewers. He played really well. Three hundred and forty-nine yards, three touchdowns, eighty-nine point four QBR for him. Four or five passes that went over thirty yards. Something that he didn't really do in short in his short spurt last year. Jatavion Sanders, huge game, five for one fourteen. Adani Mitchell had two touchdowns. Xavier Worthy had some drops, but played well and is a is a really good player. And I was worried that in this matchup, a star player like Bijan Robinson would be missed. They didn't really miss him. No, not at all. Texas offense is so exciting to watch. It, it is exciting. Running the ball, they are good for eight to ten yards on really hard runs, um, on really nice 
um, zone read uh, type stuff. They they just that the running game looks good. The passing game is electric. Um, Quinn Ewers has a arm and he knows where to put the ball and they have the wide receivers and the tight ends to do it with Sanders and getting him open in space on a few of those passes. It was, it was electric. So their offense is really, really deep and their, their defense equally, they were in the backfield. They got some key sacks at really came critical to play. times. And uh, I think the turnovers um, were decent coverage on um the back end, the DBs did a good job kind of disguising it, but that Jason Milrow is going to be a stud quarterback for Alabama. I know he had a tough night, but he has the arm talent. I think he has the legs and the ability to run the ball. He's just, he's young. He made some mistakes and I think it was tough, but Texas has, I, I, they are, they're legit from my perspective. I want to ask you about Milrow in a second, because he went for 300, 140 passer rating, but just 52% completion, two INTs. I'll get to that in a second. It was a huge win for Texas. And you're right. Their defense, nine TFL, five sacks, really bothered Milrow. This is a big win for Texas. First one in a long time. Maybe the biggest win in 20 years. Like It's up there. It's, it's really up there to win in Tuscaloosa. Are you a believer in Sark now? Because I know we both had our questions going into the game, going into the year. And at this point with this win, do you think they're a shoe in for the playoff? Um, shoe in is, is strong, but that's their chances. I, I think have, it is there. It is. It would be, they would really have to screw something up for them not to make it in. Uh, and I know, especially in the conference that they're playing in. I know that there are a lot of teams and we're going to get to that as well um, in the big 12 and and what's going on there, but none of them are at the caliber of what Texas just showed on the field in my, in my opinion. So I, I would say they are as close to a shoe in as anybody, anybody in the country, probably at this point. Um, Who's going to get a better win, right? Yeah, no, like winning at Tuscaloosa. I mean, and Bama, they could lose three games, but even if they do lose three games, it's a monster win. Like that is going to look really good on the resume because you're right. The big 12, it doesn't have a, a ton of strong, like high caliber wins. Yeah. You're going to play Oklahoma on a neutral site and that that's going to be vitally important, but I have a hard time seeing Texas losing two games. Correct. So uh, they are as close to a shoe in as you can, you can come up with that. Maybe Florida State has an easier a path, but <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. that that's probably it's probably between Florida State or Texas who who is has the clearest path. Um, and I know Georgia, but Georgia still has some teams that well, and they got to play the, the title game. players exactly, and they got the title game. That's right, and the title game for Florida State, and we'll let's get there in a minute, but like. Yeah. They they're on their regular season schedule. Miami starts to look a little bit more, yes, a little bit more uh, troubling. So that's that's interesting. All right, Milrow. The question coming into the season was who was going to replace Bryce Young, and he I think considering the circumstances, considering the opponent, I thought he played well enough. He's really good running the football, and his passing is is all right. Is Bama good enough at the quarterback position? to run the table because they essentially have to run the table to get in uh, to the playoff. No, they, 
they can't because they're going to end up having to play Georgia. So no, they 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 cannot they cannot beat Georgia with what was on the field uh, because Texas defense was good. Georgia's is better. So yeah. if he had a tough time and found himself on his butt a bunch in this game, he's going to find himself in deep trouble even more against Georgia. So no, they they I I am close enough to saying that Alabama's playoff hopes are are relatively dashed after this game. And I think I'm with you. And maybe in the regular season, Bama can run the table. Because the SEC West, there's two other teams that have already caught a loss. And so it's not looking as tough as it normally does. So maybe they run through the regular season. But then Milrow against UGA, he can grow. He he can improve. But that's going to be a tall, tall ask. And that doesn't even say anything to the improbability of Georgia going three straight seasons undefeated, <laughs> which would be ridiculous, but we'll get there. AP poll. Let me pull this up for you. Yeah. All right. This, these are some of the things that ha- from, from the weekend week two is in the books. We got the AP poll. You'll see one, two, three, four, Georgia, Michigan, Florida state, and Texas is at number four with USC right behind at number five, four ACC teams ranked FSU, UNC at number 20, Duke at number 21, and Miami at number 22, right there in a row are three ACC teams. Look at the Pac-12, man. On that on that right side of the graphic there, if people are watching, eight teams in the Pac-12 are ranked. Eight <laughs> out of 12. Yeah, uh, as it's getting disbanded, which is right. absolutely hilarious. Um, Their best season, like, ever. <laughs> and they're going to be non-existent next year. So... Yes, Pac-12 is lights out right now. USC is lights out. Washington's offense is incredible. Utah and Oregon just struggled uh, this week. So both those teams um, struggled. Colorado, um, those guys, the buffs are hilarious and electric and awesome. So yeah, there are a lot of really good teams on here. There's a lot of teams on here that would get the absolute shit kicked out of them if they had to play Georgia Florida State, Michigan, Penn State. I, I could roll through this. Alabama, yeah. Texas. If they had to play any of those teams, they would get they would get waxed. I got it. This is you just gave me a weird idea. Yeah. What would a Georgia Colorado game look like? Like <laughs> would like first of all the attention? Oh my god! I can't even I can't even imagine. But would would they just seek and destroy? Be uh, like. Should just Shador Sanders and some of those skinny wideouts, or would, or would Colorado throw a few punches? I think it would maybe a few punches early, and then it would. It would, I think it would probably get out of hand pretty quickly. That the 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 size in the just athleticism of Georgia players, if you line them up against what Colorado has, is going to be pretty frightening uh, mm-hmm. i think and i think that's going to shut it down pretty quickly i think it would be fun for about a half but then i think it would probably you know kind of dwindle it is wild that we're heading into week three and sabin dabo and brian kelly all have a loss already wild. <laughs> that that i mean this is one of those years where some really good programs have flaws noticeable flaws because the quarterback, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, they're not there anymore. You know, like some of these really powerhouse blue bloods don't have 
the the strength at the quarterback position, and it just makes it makes such a big difference. All right, let's do uh, VT corner. All right, let's go to the Purdue game. Purdue twenty four, Hokie seventeen. Weather delay after Purdue went up seven nothing. It was just long enough for Allie Jennings to get rolled up on, and looked like he was in a lot of pain. And I don't think the rumors sound very good on that. And I'm worried about him coming back for us. I would say our guys did not look ready to play when the game started or when it restarted. Was that your take on that? Yeah. The beginning of the game looked bad. And then when we came out, it looked as though Purdue, um, they took a TV timeout and that was it for Purdue. And it looked like Virginia tech had been sitting in the locker room for six hours is exactly what it looked like. They didn't, they, so it, it was a night and day difference. It settled in, and then both teams looked more prepared, uh, and then ultimately Purdue finished. Right, and they did get out to that lead. I don't know how after that start, and then you you basically get like a free halftime. Like you get a free, okay, that didn't go well. Let's let's reset. And then we came out and we did the exact same thing. Go down 17-0. But to their credit, to the Hokies' credit, they fought back. As, as pry teams have been known to do, they fought back. They managed to tie it 17 all at the half. And that was on the backs of our star players who were left. It was Bashal Tootin and it was Jalen Lane. And that was it basically in the first half. I mean, those, those guys are so good. And then Lane pulls up with a hammy and we lost yeah. him for part of the game. The second half was ugly though, right? I mean, defensive standoff. We were able to finally slow their offense down, which is good. They had Hudson card. They have Graham Harrell. And we held them scoreless for 30, 35 minutes. But the the offense couldn't do anything, and the defense finally gave way. And Purdue scored halfway through the fourth quarter. Maccabee was just tearing us up. That guy was impossible to tackle. Yeah, the walk-on. Um, they, and they spent half the time talking about him fixing <laughs> sure cars. Did. Yeah. So uh, he he tore us up. The The way that I think about this game is you watch some games – and the better team goes down early. And because the momentum came up in this game, that, that's all they would talk about is, oh, you can't give Virginia Tech momentum. That's not what was actually happening when we went we went down 17 nothing, and then we got it back to 17. That was not the better team um, starting to reestablish dominance in the game. That was us playing kind of lights out for a small window of time to get it back to 17-17. And then, you know, things were level set and the momentum had not shifted. That's not what was actually happening. It almost looked like when a team has a really good last gasp and they make a comeback at the end of a game and they put 100% into it, we put 100% into it, but too early. You know, it's fast and the furious. We we hit the NOS too early in the game, and that was that was it. We were out, uh, and then you know Purdue kind of just you know took it from there. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It was a it was a wonderful like eight to ten minute stretch there. Yeah. <laughs> we we were flying, and if you guys are familiar with the rest of development, a little too close to the sun. <laughs> that, that's that's what happened there, and we we couldn't maintain it. And then the offense started to look real bad. The stories I had were just our run game, not good. Our tackling, not good. Injuries, and then, of course, Grant Wells' performance. Which one of those do you want to talk about? Run game, tackling? I mean, 
What's um, wrong with the run game, man? Like what? Eleven yards in the run game? We are making it. I can't figure. We make offense look so absolutely difficult. We make it look like we are running up a, like a mountain to just <laughs> to have competent offense. Yeah. It looks so hard, and you watch. I'm not even talking about the elite teams. Of course, the elite teams make it look easy. But even look at Purdue when they needed to put together some offense at the end of that game. They did. And they just they did it in a very competent, methodical way that didn't look all that difficult. And it just looks so challenging. So what's wrong? The blocking is bad. We're running it up the middle against three gigantic 320 pound offensive or defensive linemen that are the absolute studs. And they went the double eagle, you know, defensive line against us. And we couldn't, we couldn't do anything about it. We didn't run it on the outside when I wanted to see some sort of sweep and just action on the outside. We couldn't put Mm -hmm. that on the field to generate some speed. Then we lost, it was just, there was no threat of Allie Jennings. Then, then there was no threat of lane. And then the running game got even worse. That that, it's, it's very, it is anemic. And you're right about the running up the middle. And that that's been a big point, even in the ODU game about how much we're going up the middle. And some of that is by design. Some of it is because Grant is handing it off when maybe he should keep it and take it to the outside. You know, there there are some RPO decision decisions that maybe were a little bit on the poor side, not to mention the fact that Purdue was getting pressure, a ton of pressure with three down linemen, but Kydron Jenkins coming off the side, that guy was a menace, uh, nine tackles for loss and three sacks for Purdue. But I know, there's some good players there. Come on. Yeah. I, I understand. But this is not the purple people eaters. This is not the steel curtain. This is not, you know, 2010 Clemson or whatever, or sorry, 20 Dexter Lawrence, all those Dexter guys, 20, yeah. 2017, whatever it was. This is Purdue. Okay. The run game shouldn't have 11 yards against Purdue. I, I just, it just should not. It, and it was a rainy game. So yeah. like, all the more reason you got to run the football and we were looking dead in the water, pun intended. Our, our, our defense, let's, let's go to the defense and the tackling a little bit here. They seem to over pursue maybe a little bit again at the line of scrimmage. Was that something you were noticing? Yeah, I think. And that showed up a little bit in the ODU game. We talked about that where we were over pursuing a little bit on the edge, lost contain. Or not lost contained. We lost the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were getting stretched outside and giving up the inside. Um, and the, their offensive line was just, they were kind of pushing around and bullying around our inside. And then Maccabee was just coming in with a thundering force and just getting yards there. So it, it there was over pursuit. There was, times of really great defensive back coverage and then yeah. other times that I wanted to pull my hair out that it was just people lost their guys they were in the wrong position they it was it was it was rough um it, on the defensive side as well you know when um and and I was going to go back to the, the their run game and our tackling because we just had a really hard time I don't know what was going on with the tackling it was it was hard to watch you know when like I don't want, this is kind of bad in our current climate, but when, when someone's trying to restrain someone and it's kind of a crazy person and they're flailing and their arms are going everywhere and you can't get control of them. That's what Maccabee was running the football. Like he's not 
physically superimposing. But when he hits you, it's just like he's moving in every different direction and you can't bring him down. And that's, we had a really hard time with that. And it was, that stunk. Um, and something about that, we were getting in their backfield. Like we were yeah. in their backfield. I think we had eight tackles for loss. We're back there. But every time it happened, they seemed to be three yards down the field. Like or going we the were, other direction. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We have to address QB1 here. Uh, yes. Grant, Grant really struggled in the second half, just like he normally does. He threw some really nice passes. And when Jalen Lane was on the field in particular, we were able to move the football. But he got hit in the legs, and it looked like that affected his ankle. We were able to score after that, but in the second half, it probably tightened up on him. I, I don't really know, but like he was sailing every single ball. Like It didn't even look like he could hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah, it was the accuracy issues uh, showed up. I, he was definitely injured, obviously, given what we saw in the last series in the game, and it it showed up. It, 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 it exacerbated the accuracy issues that he already has. Yes. So I do not think that it is fair to the fan base to just pin that on Grant Wells was injured and that's why he couldn't make complacent get good passes. It exacerbated a problem that is already existing in the past game with him. So it's, it's, it, I mean, it, that it was, was not even close. A lot that, of those passes was very well said by you. That is exactly the right way to put it because we know what Grant is kind of at this point and the best of the best is you know the last three quarters against ODU last week mm -hmm. and then the worst is ODU last year and this was somewhere in between and then you add in the injury and it it emphasizes his flaws and him being banged up I just felt like they needed to make the switch to drones about two series earlier they needed to and I know Grant's probably telling him I'm good I'm good I'm ready to go back in that's what players do but they I mean, it was pretty apparent watching the game. Like we really needed to move to drones because he gave us a little something. There's that is a coach's responsibility to ignore the quarterback when he's saying, I'm good. I'm good. That, that is, that is what you get paid to do is to make the hard decisions to pull a guy, to keep a guy in. And they got paid in this game to make the wrong decision. Um, yeah. And they should have, they should have made the move earlier if they wanted a chance at really winning this game and they and they didn't yeah i think going forward it's only two games in the season and i i really don't like to be reactionary but we saw an entire season of grant wells start last year we saw grant wells start behind a bad offensive line and no receivers we saw that last year yeah now we're back to that right i mean we don't our receivers we don't know if we're getting Lane back. We don't know if we're getting Jennings back for Rutgers. So we know what Grant looks like in that situation. I think for the good of the team, for a chance to win this next game, I think the better play is to start drones. If nothing else, to give the locker room a spark and some hope, I think on the field, you, you can design something around a guy with that physicality and that skill set that will present problems for Rutgers because they got a good D line and we'll go more into Rutgers on our two deep show later in the week. But I just, I was curious, do you think it's time to maybe make a change at QB one for the first starting? 
So the easy reaction to what we're talking about here is fans always want the backup quarterback. And I think that is always has a lot of truth to it, but it makes it also impossible to have a real discussion about the facts of the quarterback situation. So let's take it a different way. Grant Wells, um, given the challenges in the run game, I know he's a quarterback, but given the challenges in the run game and the emphasis that was put on establishing the run, we cannot, he cannot even improve as a quarterback until the run game improves as well, because people are, he, the pass rush is just going to be overwhelming if, if we don't have the run game. And Kyron Drones adds a versatility that will open up the run game as well and his legs and his athleticism that will allow him a better chance to be a, a good quarterback for us. So I think while it may not be fair, I don't really care about it. it's football. You know, things aren't fair. I think the struggles in the run game, the accuracy issues that we're kind of seeing present themselves again, if we want a chance to go to a bowl game, I'm the, that's, I don't think we will make a bowl game with Grant Wells. I think there's a shot at making a bowl game based on what I've seen thus far. Granted, it is extremely limited, just knowing what Kyron Jones brings in his versatility, his run game, and keeping their defense honest about the ability for him to break off for a, a long run. Yeah, and the, the struggles in the offensive line and the struggles in the run game lead us to this conclusion. Because you got to figure out a way to make, you know, take lemons and make lemonade. Like that's what you got to do with 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 the state of the offensive line right now. And I, I don't know if it's talent. I don't know if it's some of the scheme. We talked about the the narrow holes uh, even before people fail at their blocks. You know, like it, it's just it, there's never seems to be an inch of space before we even get to the line. Yeah. And so we got to change up something. And the biggest change you can make is at the QB position. I do think I put out the video comparing drones to hooker. I don't look that's, that would be the ultimate hope, right? Is that he could be anywhere close to what Hendon was able to give us. Is he closer to QP? Is he closer to Hendon? We won't know until we see him on the field. We just won't some good things in this game before we move on to our conference championship game picks. I thought Wright stepped up at the tight end position. He had that nice, big, long play down the middle, wide open. The Gosnell brothers, Steven yeah. and Benji, I both right. thought they looked really good. There's some hope going forward because of those receivers. Even if even if we lose some of the top guys for some time here, I think there's still enough there. Felton, Holloway, mm -hmm. Lofton, the Gosnells. Like, there's enough there to still win games. That's still... Better talent, I think, at the receiving position, and now these guys are a year older, some of them, that it's better than last year at the receiver still, even if still. Jennings and Lane are out. I agree. I, th I still think the wide receiving talent is better even with those two out. And I think if if Lane is able to come back, because I think his injury is, in my in my having seen it and just based on rumor mill and stuff, it seems like that is more a a more minor injury if he is back then i think it is a lot better than what it is last year so now yeah. it's just ways to get him the football and i do think we need to find ways to use felton and his speed better um yeah. i saw i know we had the long ball to the left side of the field the pass you know wasn't it was coverage great. was good coverage was really good but i think 
it showed potential on using him as a downfield threat. Um, I think the Gosnell brothers, I mean, they played really well and they stepped up when we really didn't have um, any other option. So I do think there's talent there. And, and that's not even some of our best plays were tooting um, catching the ball mm-hmm. on the outside. You're those right. were, yeah. those were, so that's a real threat right there. So I do think, that there's a lot more opportunity um, here in in the past game if we can get people the ball. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Ultimately, it was a disappointing loss, a long day for the fans, and I feel bad for people who had like come down and then commitments and had to leave. But for the people who stuck around, kudos to you. Thank you, thank you for coming back, staying, like making it loud in there because it was loud in there, especially towards mm-hmm. the student section. Students came back, so good for them. And Pat and Billy said they had a blast for, for what it's worth. I talked to them after the game and they said it was a long day, but they had a really fun day. And it was kind of like, will they, won't they play kind of thing. It was kind of exciting, almost like a snow day <laughs> for <Yes>. school. <laughs> um, and then they got football. And so a lot of the fans were still happy to go back to the game. And I, our buddy Joe, he was there and he mm-hmm. went back to lane. And um, yeah. And if you listened to too deep last week, you got a very good preview for this game because I think we just about, perfectly nailed what the outcome of this game was going to be in terms of how much scoring there was going to be in terms of it coming down to the final plays of the game pretty much to a T I think we yeah. uh we we nailed it and it played out exactly you know almost exactly how we we anticipated it to granted I was hoping for that close game to be a better outcome yeah you I think you we even said like 24 27 like we needed 27 to 30 points to win the game. And that proved right. to be true. And we couldn't get there, unfortunately. All right. Conference championship games. This is kind of a fun little exercise. And I'll, and we'll start with the ACC. I asked Robbie to come up with his two championship game participants for each power five conference and the winner of that conference. So for the ACC, I will go first Florida state. I think that was, that's an easy pick for most teams. Their schedule's favorable. And then I'm going to go UNC. Okay. And the reason being, I don't like it, especially after the triple overtime game against App State and the fact that it was one game of defense that we've seen from them in about a season. It was against a decent team, but we don't know how good that offensive line is for South Carolina. But they get Miami at home. Yep. And so I I gave the edge to UNC, but for me, you got to look out for Miami. You got to look out for Clemson. Yes. But they already have a conference loss. And you got to look out for Duke. I mean, yeah. Duke is is a contender. So who's and your team? Well, to- well coached with Elko. Yeah, I'm. I didn't know if you were going to go UNC. Or, obviously, Florida State is the shoe in, a uh, relative shoe in, as you can call it right now. I didn't know if you were going to go Miami or UNC. I'm going to lean towards Miami, and I think that that was a big statement who knows what texas a&m is and, and isn't but that is a pretty statement win in in that game so i'm gonna lean towards miami um i still think unc has obviously the better quarterback in in that matchup but uh i'm gonna go towards miami's athleticism yeah i leaned i went with drake may and but tvd even though he doesn't see the field great all the time and spencer called him the you know f it we ball quarterback <sighs> Sometimes that works, man. And if you've got Restrepo out there, it can, it can really work. And so yep. I, I flipped a coin because it, it really could be my, I just gave the edge because UNC gets my home. SEC. Oh, champion. My champion's FSU. Yep. He has well. Oh, okay. SEC. Georgia. I think they're going to walk through the regular season. They play Tennessee November 18th. 
That's the only game I think they might lose. Otherwise, I think they're going 12 and 0 into the championship game. Yep. And then despite the loss, I'm going Bama to make it. Wow. I like that. Um, Bama to make it. So is SEC still in straight up divisions? They are. There, so there's two that are doing divisions, Big Ten and SEC. Oh, gosh, that always makes things fun. Um, I I do like Alabama to go back because this is going to really – I have to go Alabama. For the same reason that I had Alabama picked for this game, which did not work out against Texas, which is – I'm only picking that because of the Saban factor. Mm-hmm. I'm also picking it because 10 games is a lot of games for a quarterback to continue to develop. And I think that experience from that Texas is worth five games of experience for a young quarterback. So I will, I will merit, I will, I will also see you with, uh, with Alabama in there, and but I don't, it's going to be Georgia as my pick for the winner. For the winner of the conference. I'm going to go Georgia. <sighs> to win the, win the conference as well. But as me and Sam talked about on the first episode of College Football Monday, going 13-0, and undefeated for a third straight year, I just, that seems so unlikely. Like, it doesn't happen in college football. And that's the only thing that scares me about this. Now, if they, it would, I would almost feel better about my championship game pick if they lose to Tennessee. If, if they take a loss earlier, yeah. then you're like, oh, now they just have to go 12-1. and I can handle that. But the reason I'm picking Bama is because they have the easiest remaining schedule in the SEC West. They have to go to A&M, Kentucky, and Auburn, but they get LSU at home. And so I'm going to I'm gonna go with Bama for that reason, and I'll pick Georgia to win. Big 10, I still like Michigan. Uh, Ohio State looked better. Marvin Harrison looked like Marvin Harrison, but I still think Michigan wins that game. They may... The Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, that's what's going to make that side of the conference. Who wins those games? They might all go one and one, but I think just the physicality of Michigan, the quarterback looks good. Going with them. My pick from. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Iowa is my pick from the Big Ten West. And that was a really hard. I mean, that division, it's a weird division. Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, they could all be in that game. Yeah, I'm going to go Penn State. I like what I'm seeing. Michigan could there. They've had a, they, they've missed Harbaugh for two games and they've still haven't missed a beat. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that actually means. Other than maybe they just, they played relatively easier teams and, and walked right through them. But Penn state's running backs are legit. Their passing game is, is pretty, I think that it's going to be between them. I think, Ohio State's on the outside looking in, and unless that quarterback, it started to improve a little bit this week, but not enough, in my opinion, for those other two teams. So I'm going to go Penn State, um, and I like the I like the Iowa pick. Any any time that, first of all, I don't know who else I would pick on that side right now or have confidence in. So <laughs> I know if whenever that's the case, then I'm going to go with a relatively good defense. Yeah, um, because Illinois they. They didn't look great. Purdue, we saw them already lose a game and then beat what we don't know is a very good Virginia Tech team right. in a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin just lost on the West Coast to Washington State. So yep. I'm going to go with Iowa because they miss Michigan and Ohio State. Ooh. They do have to go to Penn State, but they miss 
you know, the, the two big boys and they're fine even with that loss to Penn state. And so right. that won't matter. Yeah. So Iowa. And then I, ha- I'm my, my champ is Michigan. Who's your champ for the big 10. Oh, it's going to be, yeah. Penn state. You're going to take Penn that. state. Okay. Yeah. I just think Penn state has a Michigan problem historically. Can they get yes. over that? Can, that's, that's a big question for them. Oh, and we get, do we have a comment from Billy Ray here going back to the sec. Is this the year lane gets Bama? Oh, <laughs> and this is what I, I, we were talking about earlier with Ole Miss number one, hardest schedule left in the country. Number one of all 133 teams. They got to go to Bama. They got to go to Georgia. And so th- Bama's earlier, I think. And so the health could be on their side and they are a good right. team. So if Bama takes three losses, one of them could be from from Lane Kiffin. I think it could be. Um, and the they look. Yes, I don't know why he likes Ole Miss so much. <laughs> he lo- loves. He just loves Lane. Absolutely. Yeah. And but he was uh, he was a freeze it. guy too. Yes. <laughs> so it could be. It could be that though. That will be the double Saban effect. You'll have like two x the Saban effect, which is one. He's trying to resuscitate the season and you know, give give all of his players a big push to, to win. And he won't, he won't want to take an L against Lane Kiffin. No, it's, that'll be, that'll be a fun, fun game. He's going to have his guys juiced up. He's going to be doing shots of, you know, in their legs. Oh, here, here we go. Here like we go. This is the reason pops played at old miss in the seventies. Uh, okay. That, that makes sense. All right. Two more conferences. We'll run through these quick pack 12 USC. It's a brutal schedule. Uh, but one of those brutal schedule games is Notre Dame, which isn't a conference game. So I'm going to take USC to make the Pac-12 championship game. My other pick, you got there's there's Utah out there, there's Washington, there's Oregon. I'm going with Oregon State. Wow. Oregon State against USC. Oregon State has also had some big upsets against USC over the years. But Oregon State gets Utah at home. They get Washington at home, and their only really tough road game is is Oregon. And that is the rivalry. Yeah. And so like anything can happen in that one and no USC on Oregon state's regular season schedule. Wow. Oregon state. I love, I love it. I'm here for it, but I'm going to go chalk and go Washington. That, uh, and Penix is just, he is a monster. That offense is so dynamic. It's the, and arguably maybe USC gives them a run for it, but it's the best offense probably in the country. And I think that carries a lot of weight in, in those games, Utah just struggled, Oregon just struggled. So it's probably between Washington and Oregon state. Yeah. Washington is, is really good. And they could easily be them. I'm just, I, I kind of wanted to go a little bit off the beaten path. Go to Oregon like state. My yeah, champion a is lot of chalk here. So yeah. I think that's perfect. I mean, it's just, it's hard to project this, but champ is USC, but I just think, they could lose to Notre Dame. They could drop a one to Washington or Oregon. Like it's such a hard schedule. Eight ranked teams. We talked about there being eight ranked teams. They got UCLA. Like it's a, it's a tough schedule. There's six and a half, I think legit candidates for the PAC 12 title game. And the half is Colorado. Wow. <laughs> so like, cause it's, it's USC, Oregon, Washington, Utah, UCLA, Oregon state. And then I put a half on Colorado. So it's a, a lot of teams that could potentially I'd put a half on UCLA as well. But, yeah, that, so. that's probably right. That's probably yeah. right. All right, Big 12. Going Texas. <laughs> I mean, Obvi- I think that's, yeah. They got a big win. They beat Alabama. They got to be my pick to go to the championship game for the Big 12. Uh, road games at Baylor, TCU, Houston, Iowa State. That's not scaring anybody. They don't really have a really tough road game. They have the neutral site game with, with OU 
And that is my other pick for the championship game. You want to talk about chalk? I'm picking Texas and OU in their last year of the Big 12. But OU looks good. Kansas State, the other team I think is competitive. They have to go yes. to Texas. Uh, they have a road game at OK State. They have to go to Kansas for Kansas State. So um going to pick OU. Who do you got for the championship game in the, pack, in the Big 12? Texas, uh, obviously. I think that is where I have to go. And I'm going to go Kansas State. So you went off the beaten path. I'm going to go off the beaten path. I think Oklahoma they did win the worked. conference last year. That's right. Oklahoma looked good in week one, week two. Yeah. I think yeah. it was a little bit more suspect. And I think there's more development that has to happen with that coaching staff uh, over time. I still think there's a, a bit of little brother syndrome, given everything and all the attrition that happened with everybody going over to USC uh, and the coaching losses. That's going to rear its head at some point. And uh, so I'm going Kansas State, and I think Texas takes that game. Okay, yeah, I'm taking Texas as my champ as well. The uh, what you were just saying about, yep, lost it, can't remember. All right, <laughs> go ahead. And so, and so, yeah, now I think I think I got the right pick. So okay. I'm you're going starting to you're Texas myself. Texas yeah. for the championship. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, it was about OU, and we we mentioned how much they slaughtered Arkansas State, and how that was like a little bit of a statement. Well, I I kind of after hearing things this week, like Arkansas State's not in good shape. Like they might be one of the worst teams in FBS. So maybe that OU win wasn't as impressive as I thought. I'm going to offer up my playoff four, and I encourage you to do so as well if you want. This is my new playoff four. It has changed. I have moved Alabama out of the four spot, put Texas in. And I moved Georgia to my one because at this point I don't love it, but even if they catch a loss versus Tennessee, I think they could still have the one loss be the number one seed. Michigan moves to my number two seed, Florida state number three and Texas number four, as it stands now, this is my new, my new playoff four. I added Texas in. And this was actually Sam Jesse's playoff four. maybe not exactly in this order. I think he had Michigan one, but like he had Texas in to start the year. So kudos to Sam. He had a good prediction. At least uh, it matches my week three prediction. How about you? Can I poke a hole? I'm fine with the teams and I'm even fine with Michigan being in there. My, my issue is that with your four is that both Texas and Florida state have a better chance of coming away with a clean record perfectly clean record than Michigan does. Uh, Michigan has Ohio state and they have Penn state. And I think they could still get in even potentially with a loss there. But I think that there's a higher likelihood that either FSU or Texas takes that two spot. uh, I mean, that's, that's a very good point. And I don't doubt that you're right. This is almost as if I kind of almost treated this more of like a power ranking than a playoff for I, I, and the exercise is difficult as you know, just like who's going to catch a loss who doesn't. And I think you're right in that Texas and Florida state have a better chance of going clean slate. But I also think that if Michigan has one loss, the committee is going to give them and it's like a three point loss to Penn state. And then they beat Ohio state, like, and then they win the title. They're going to give them a lot of credit and Georgia, same thing. Even if they catch a loss and they beat Alabama, like they might still put them at one even if Florida state's undefeated. The funny scenario is that if Michigan and Georgia both run the table, 
Michigan, in my opinion, may have a better strength of schedule than yeah. Georgia this year, but Georgia will still get the number one nod by the committee um, because of you know two years. This is the third year, and it's the SEC. But I think Michigan would actually have a better resume at that point. Forget what Georgia's done the last two seasons. I think you kind of have to – and I, I talk about statistical and probability, but just looking at this year, the team, based on the schedule, who's in front of them, the potential championship game matchup. The team most likely to go undefeated, in my opinion, is Georgia. I think their regular season schedule is so weak compared to these other three, with at least two of these teams and a lot of other teams around the country. And so I think Georgia has the best chance of going undefeated. That's why they're my number one. Michigan can catch a loss and their schedule is difficult enough that I think they can be number two. The thing we haven't talked about, and I haven't gotten your playoff four yet, do you think a Pac-12 team gets in there? Because that is an extremely tough conference, but that's why I kept them out. Right. No, I I don't think they're going to get in there. I think that that is – they're going to beat up on each other. So I think that's probably what's going to end up happening there. And I think there's less of a chance for that to happen. For You're really talking about them taking either Texas or Florida State spot. Oh, and I, you can see my graphic is incorrect here because I got the date wrong, but whatever, <laughs> I, I, when I edited the graphic and moved Texas in, I didn't change it to nine 11, but you get the idea. This is, this is the week three show. And you understand that this is Pete's playoff four as of nine 11. Um, did you, did you ever give me a definitive playoff four, Robbie? Uh, I'm sticking with the same teams. I think. Okay. We same four. It, okay. Yeah. If anybody, I can't. I'm, I really like Penn State, but I'm not ready to you know, swap them in for for Michigan just yet. So I'm I'm going to stick with. The, I think you had the right four here. Okay. Uh, week three games. There are some of interest, but it is compared to last week. It is. It's not a great slate. Tennessee at Florida. You can. It's a it's a rivalry and a big SEC game, but in theory, Tennessee should should make quick work of them. South Carolina at Georgia. Another, another like kind of exciting matchup from a Shane Beamer and Kirby Smart and some teams with some hype, but like Georgia's 26 and a half point favorites. I mean, this is, this is the best we got here. Washington at Michigan state who just lost Mel Tucker, Washington, heavy favorites going into East Lansing. And I think they will win the game. And I think that it's a huge distraction for Michigan state to try to overcome. Uh, Texas hosts Wyoming, which (laughs) I just thought was interesting because Wyoming beat Texas tech. And Texas is coming off one of the biggest wins they've had in forever. And so is that a soft spot? Uh, It could be. Maybe for the first half. (laughs) What do you think? What's your guess on the spread? Coming off of that win, probably 20. It's 28 and a half. Texas is favored. And then it'll probably come down, I would think, a little bit. 28 28 and a half is a lot. Uh, LSU at Mississippi State. Penn State at Illinois. BYU at Arkansas kind of some fun power teams going up against each other. TCU at Houston, San Diego state at Oregon state. Mm, San Diego state's always feisty. Yeah. Uh, and in the ACC pit, West Virginia backyard brawl is back. West Virginia, one and a half point underdogs in that one, Minnesota going to Chapel Hill. Weird, weird matchup in that one. Bizarre. Uh, six and a half point favorites are the Tar Heels, Florida state and BC. Slaughter. <laughs> that is going that to is be going to be over very quickly. Oh my God, BC. Whew, that's going to be rough. And then you got Louisville going to Indiana. We got Wake heading to ODU. Wake heading to ODU. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that, it. Don't go there. <laughs> don't. They should have 
people should learn from Virginia Tech's uh, you know, where we've stepped on that grenade. And and Wake is they're okay. Uh, they beat Vanderbilt, but like we ju- we talk like ODU now that Grant Wilson has a couple games under his belt, a little bit of confidence. That's that's dangerous in in the seven five seven. I agree. Cues at Purdue. Cues has looked good, and Schrader has looked good. So it's funny we were playing back to back Big Ten. Purdue were playing back to back ACC teams here, uh, but it is in West Lafayette, so Cues has to go on the road in this one. Northwestern and Duke, the nerds are going at it. GT and Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss. I think GT could give them a little bit of a little something. They yeah. Haynes King has played well. Yeah. FIU Clemson. Clemson should hopefully get up more on track. Miami and Bethune, and this is the last two. BT going to Rutgers, UVA going to Maryland. Half half of the ACC out of conference road games. That's not going to be good. No, dude. Like I, yeah. it, it, that, we're going to get that, the ACC narrative back uh, pretty quickly here. Not that all the the venues are. It's Louisville's going to Indiana. Like they they should win that. But us going to Rutgers, like. After what we just saw, we don't know how that's going to go. UVA is going to get probably crushed by Maryland. Maybe the freshman keeps them in it a little bit. Uh, Q's, hopefully they can take care of business against Purdue. Duke should beat Northwestern. That's a home game for Duke. But uh, Pitt going to WVU after just how they looked? The game's almost a pick them. That could be a loss. Yeah, they're, we could end up could end up with a very dreary uh you know <laughs> sunday morning for the acc yeah week three for the acc might not be pretty i do think that after we saw what jerkovich looked like mm-hmm. against what is not a tremendous cincinnati team it makes me feel better about getting them at home like we might have a chance against Pitt. yeah assuming that we can put some some better defense on the field than i think yeah. we can, and get in the backfield and bring him down when we're in the backfield this was the last comment from billy right here and then we'll sign off his dad was drafted to the USFL, then to the New York Giants, who got ragdolled LA. Last I don't night. Know. Oh, 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 yes. Last night. Okay. I was like, <laughs> what what is he talking about? Okay, yeah. Dude, that Giants performance. Oh my God. That was oh, by the way, I was playing the Dallas defense in fantasy. Oh they scored like 50 points because they didn't awesome. get scored on. They had multiple touchdowns, block kicks, sacks, whatever. But anyway, random random fantasy outcomes where your yes, opponent yeah. your opponent is throwing a remote across the room because of <laughs> your defense. I was winning. Yeah, I was winning, and he had CD Lamb and the and the defense. No one cares about my fantasy team. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining <laughs> College Football Monday. This is the third episode live thing we're doing here. Hop in every week. Gonna be back at 9 a.m. next week. Uh, recapping the Rutgers game, recapping all kinds of stuff. And I can't wait to get up to Rutgers. I'm going to the game. You know that. Talked about it endlessly. I tried to get you to come up for it. Not going to work out, but that's okay. I know. Uh, it, Works it's, killer right now. It's all good. But I will be hanging with the Suns boys. Silver lot for the Rutgers game. Come come hang with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. It should be a long, fun day. 3.30 start. Got to love the 3.30 start. Get up early. 7 a.m. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me, Rob. Thanks everyone for joining on the stream. Talk to you later.